How happy are you? And how can you measure it? That's our topic on this Tuesday with Dr. John Holberg. We hear about health studies all the time, but we want to talk now about one that's been going on for over 75 years, and it is getting some attention again from the New York Times. And as a TED Talk, it finds there are a couple of constants when it comes to health and happiness. Dr. John Hallberg from the University of Minnesota is back with us now to talk about this Harvard study of adult development. It is called, it's been going on since 1938, John. That's right. It started then. Uh, They recruited two different groups of young men into the study, 268 Harvard sophomores, and then they also recruited 456 young men from Boston's poorest neighborhoods, people who were growing up in tenements without running water, who uh, had avoided significant trouble with the law at that point, but who really had a, a difficult life up to that point. So they have been looking at these groups, these cohorts side by side now since the late 30s. What are the headlines and what the study finds? Well, you know, they've been finding some things that may not sound too surprising, that the single best thing you can do for your physical health is to not smoke, that the leading cause of divorce is alcohol. But the thing that really is getting everyone's attention is that it comes down to this, that good relationships keep us healthier and happier. And they're talking there about family relationships and also uh, spousal relationships, right? Yeah, in fact, your relationship with your spouse is probably the single most important relationship that you can have. And the good news is it doesn't have to be a rosy relationship. Some of the people that they're following, you know, bicker all the time. And, <laughs> and, uh, and yet the constant is that your spouse is there for you when times are tough. And and medically, uh, what would account for that? You know, that's interesting because that's not really what the study's about, even though right. every two years they ask lots of questions, they do laboratory tests, they do medical exams. But, you know, it's it's a question of sort of how you take the psychology of this, the way that we interact as, as human beings, and translate that to the physiology, like what's really going on. And I suppose we could take a stab at it and say that it, it probably lowers cortisol levels, a stress hormone. It probably reduces inflammatory markers. Maybe people are less likely to get cancer answer for whatever reason. And they're also suggesting that uh, people have less uh, dementia. Um, And so, you know, there's all kinds of factors at play in these good relationships. Is it fair to then say uh, good relationships equal happiness, then that equals good health? Is it that simple? Well, you know, that's what the the sort of conclusion is. And I think, you know, people often today, millennials, if they're polled, will certainly say that they think that what will bring them happiness is wealth and fame. And in fact, this study is finding that that just doesn't have anything to do with it at all, that really at the bottom, at the base is a good relationship, you know, in whatever forms that that takes, uh, leading to to better health and happiness. And is there any correlation in the study between the, uh, uh, you know, the, the wealthy, privileged young men at Harvard in those days and the other, the wider population in Boston? You know, it's interesting because it really didn't look at you know, people right in the solid middle class. It was sort of yeah. these two extremes, obviously very wealthy, privileged people going to Harvard in the late 1930s, and then just the opposite, people who didn't even have running water and living in tenements. Um, but it doesn't seem to be any major difference between those two groups. Any limitations in the study? It was just men, right? Yeah, that's the obvious one. In 2003, though, the new director of the study, only the fourth director in its history, really started to look at their spouses and looking at so that their wives and their children. And now they've got about 2,000 children of all these men that they're looking at. Um, you know, and, and they're drawing these conclusions, and they, they point out that these are probably correlations, and it's pretty hard to prove causation. So a subtle but important difference that you can kind of draw conclusions from a study, but this isn't a random 
randomized controlled trial. This is looking at people over time and in unprecedented in that sense, yeah. but still it has its limitations. And it's so many years ago, I imagine, uh, that uh, there are a few people left in the study from the original time, right? Yeah, there's about 60 men. They're all in their oh. 90s at yeah, this point. Right, so it's pretty right. remarkable that after all these years, you still have 60 people that are alive. John, as a doctor, in the clinic, are there practical implications to knowing any of this? You know, by the time I see people and, and they're struggling and, you know, they're, they're in uh, their later years, it's, you know, on the one hand, you think it's maybe it's too late to try and work on uh, shoring up a person's relationship with their spouse. But the reality is that it seems like there are ways to do that, to improve the depth of relationships, to point out how important it is to have that person at your side if we're lucky enough to be in our 60s, 70s, 80s with a spouse because it just, you know, at least they're drawing these conclusions that it, that it matters and that, the, you know, having that close person with you that when times are tough, when you're suffering from physical pain, when you're, you know, dealing with bad diagnoses, having that person at your side is uh, critical to your health. Dr. John Hallberg is an associate professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Minnesota and medical director of the Mill City Clinic in Minneapolis. And John, thanks for coming in and giving us a bit more insight into what's known as the Harvard Study of Adult Development. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you.